What's going on, guys? Um, today we're gonna be starting a brand new series called "Issues in America Debunked" with Alex Shof. Um, we're gonna be kicking off our first episode today. Um, we have a lot of different issues going on in our country today. Um, most of which, well, the most prevalent, obviously, being equality and racism. So I figured one of a good topic to kind of talk about and discuss today would be affirmative action in America. Um, it's history, how it kind of got here and, and its modern effects and how it could maybe help us um, make our world a better place overall. So to get us started today, I think we're going to talk about, first of all, the, the origins of affirmative action. But before we even do that, affirmative action is a set of laws, policies, and overall actions that basically work to benefit underrepresented, underprivileged, and under-resourced and disadvantaged people, specifically minorities and women, that have basically faced oppression in the past and even up to today. And basically it can work in places like universities, in private high schools, and even in jobs. Um, basically all it is is you're going to see um, diversity programs happen, so um, it's basically going to, these colleges are maybe looking to help diversify their community and help people that maybe didn't have the resources to get into their college. Um, and they're basically giving them a shot to come in in order to kind of give everybody an equal chance. And it sounds really good, right? But there are a couple of repercussions and disadvantages to it as well, which we're going to talk about today. Um, so, like I said, that's kind of the gist about what affirmative action is. So, I think I want to kind of get into the history of how this all kind of started, right? So, this all kind of started in the Reconstruction Era, which started in 1863 and lasted until 1877, um, in which a former slave population basically lacked the skills of independent living. They needed to all live on their own um, post-slavery, and they just didn't necessarily have... They were still being oppressed and were struggling and were left on the ground with nothing, and no one really wanted to help them. Until in 1865, when General William Tecumseh Sherman basically proposed to take the land and goods from Georgia and grant it to the black families that were um, living there and struggling. Um, and that was called the 40 Acres and Mule Policy. And this continued to go on and was spread throughout the states, despite its strong political opposition, um, until President Andrew Johnson, who um, came, when he came into power, he kind of revoked all of, all of what was kind of based upon that, just because... We have some evidence that says that um, President Johnson was a racist um, in many different ways. So there's, you don't really have to ask the question as to why he would do that, why he would revoke things that were helping the black population of, of the United States. And nothing really happened. And there was no such thing as, there was no benefits going to these people that were struggling um, until the Civil Rights Movement, which basically came through um, with the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, which affirmed the civil rights of people of color. And there was still no, not really any policy in place until 1933 when the Roosevelt administration came in and he put in the Wagner Act of 1935, which basically gave economic security to workers and other low-income groups, right? So it basically gave people that weren't making as much and were struggling in life a little extra boost in, in, secu in economic security. Um, and we see evidence of this to the Truman administrations and the Eisenhower and Kennedy and on and on and on through all these administrations kind of giving benefits and incentives to people that are living in these um, basically poor areas that, that don't have the resources in order to go to school and succeed. Um, 
but the one I really want to talk about today is is all the way up to the Obama administration, um, which basically when when President Obama came in, he basically piggybacked along with the George W. Bush's um, policy that he put in called the No Child Left Behind plan. It's a very famous plan. Um, and basically what he did is he provided incentives for these schools to work along with kids in their schools that were a part of minorities or just living in the areas that were, you know, underprivileged. And basically what these schools would do is they work alongside them in order to kind of boost their skills and have them ready to maybe go on and to a way better college. And this, this really and basically all he did was he gave these schools incentives and it really did make a difference because the um, the enrollment rate in, in these colleges from these kids actually went up in these cities by almost 20 <clears throat> percent. Um, and then he also endorses using affirmative action in order to diversify the community overall. So basically what's happening is all these diversity programs are coming along in these colleges now, which are basically giving people that maybe didn't have the resources but still did good with what they had and they're giving them a chance to come in that college and create this diverse, diversity diversity diversifying community um that kind of um unites together as they all kind of fight to achieve this the same goals right um, and then the trump administration came along and president trump does not necessarily um, condemn affirmative action and he thinks that in the college sense um he it should be used to diversify communities but he does. He would like to see an alternative, non-ethnic method because really, what this is in colleges is it's looking at people through a lens, right? It's judging people based on their race, and you can look at that on both sides, right? You can look at that as, aren't we trying to get away from that, right? But at the same time, you know, in order to get to that end goal, we have to we have to progress and kind of get everybody on the same playing field first, right? So you can look at at both ways, and like I said. These are government-funded programs and private programs, but most of the time, the way that you politically identify is is how you kind of view this. Most of the time, if you're more right-leaning, you kind of um, don't really endorse affirmative action versus on the left, they're more for it. That's not always true because I think a lot of people can see both sides of this. It's not as controversial, but there are some, it's not, you know, lots of, it does basically kind of what I'm telling you is, there is a lot of good that comes from it, but there is a couple bad things that people do suffer from it as well. So one of these examples is the Harvard lawsuit that just kind of came around, came along not not too long ago. And basically, what happened was um, Harvard and a lot of these other Ivy League schools set the SAT bar higher for Asian students and white students than they did for Hispanic and Black students. So um, the SAT score had to be in the mid 1300s for um, Asian students to be considered. White students had to be like 1300 era, area, and um, um, Hispanic and black was closer to 1100. There's a little bit of conflicting evidence between what number that was, but it was about 1100. So basically, what that means is, you know, an Asian student could score a 1200 and not even be considered, versus a black student could score a, you know, 1100 and be considered potentially. And so, you know, there's an Asian student that brought this to the to the Supreme Court. I mean, it, it got all the way up to the Supreme Court because he felt that he was being discriminated against. It's 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 lots of people view it as reverse racism in a lot of people's eyes. And depending on the way you look at it, it it, it potentially could be, right? 
Um, there's another study, and this is back in 2015, so this is uh, almost five, it is five years ago at this point. And basically it looked at um, kids by race going to med school. So, and, it, and their acceptance rate when trying to get into med school. So you have to take the MCAT, and then, um, so yeah, there's a 24, 26 range, a 27, 29 range, and then the 27, 29 range is kind of your, your highest range that you're really going to get there. Um, but at the end of the day, um, what's happening, right, is your GPA, based on where it is between like a 3.2 and a 3.6, that kind of determines where you're going to fall. So at the end of the day, there's three tiers, right, that they kind of looked at in this study. And they looked at the acceptance rate between black, Hispanic, white, and Asian in these three tiers of how you scored. So in the bottom tier, Asians were accepted at 6.5% and blacks at 58.7%, right? So black acceptance rate is more than 50% of what an Asian acceptance rate is. And the whites, 8.2%. Hispanic was at 30.9%. So the Asian and whites pretty close, and the black and Hispanic even have a little bit of discrepancy between it, but they're still much higher than the Asian and white. Same thing happened in the second tier, 13.9 for Asian, 19 for white, 43.7 for Hispanic, and 75.1 for black. Once again, you're looking at, you know, a 60% gap between lowest and highest. And once again, in the highest tier, it's between like a 20% in the lowest and an 81% in the black community. And kind of filters just along through there. So, you know... Asian people are being accepted a lot, a lot lower rate than the black community. And, I mean, you can look at this in many different ways, right? You could see it as, you know, the sort of reverse discrimination that's happening right here. Um, I think that um, there's no specific numbers that are necessarily released overall, but um, there are more Asian and white students applying for med school than there are for Hispanic and black, which could obviously play into the percentage of numbers. But with that much of a discrepancy here, but like between you know, like a fifty percent discrepancy to sixty percent, there is still this sort of you know there is affirmative action taking place here, right? Because they're looking at these kids and they're and there there is some judgment by race here, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, at all, <laughs> you know, we have to give everyone an equal chance, and this is this is kind of how we're looking at it, right? But some people don't see this as equal, right? Even though. 6.5% of Asians versus 58.7% of black might be, you know, close to an equal amount of numbers when it comes to getting into college, right? Because there's so many more Asian than black and versus white and Hispanic, you know what I mean? Just filters down. But um, that is one interesting statistic that that, that I kind of looked at. Um, like I said, so between the, you know, the pros versus the cons of it, right? I think one of the pros that everyone kind of sees and that everyone... That's why I said it's not super like either left or right. You know, I think a lot of people are kind of in the middle between it because there is a sort of, you know, everyone kind of sees we need to diversify and give everybody a chance, right? But then is it fair that someone that is higher skilled and more qualified takes takes the spot of or, or doesn't get the spot that on, at the school that they want to a person because someone that's not as qualified as them gets it all because of their race, right? Because we're looking at everything through a, through a lens of race, yet you know, we're working to get to a good, a better goal and a better angle, but our methods are kind of like hypocritical of what we're fighting for, right? If that makes sense. So, um, that was kind of the kickoff to this topic. Um, I hope I covered it well for everybody. Um, if you have any questions, you can let me know. 
But um, that's all that's going to happen for today. Um, We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.